The main thing about Animal Kingdom is we put so much effort into making a place where real things can Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of December 6, 2020. This is episode 112. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, the Muppets, Pixar, Fox, 20th Century, the Parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. So I put out there a survey regarding last week's topic of Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano from the Star Wars more of the animated series, but you know, crossing now over into the live action. You know, what is people's feelings on this character? We we heard my feelings, we heard Matt's feelings, we heard his daughter Emily's feelings uh, last week. So during the survey, I asked, "Is she amazing? Is she just okay? You can take her or leave her, or just completely overrated." An overwhelming seventy-five percent of you said she is amazing, and I have to agree with those people, as, as you, you heard my feelings the other week. she There is something special about her character. We really get to see her progress and make mistakes and find out that making mistakes is okay. You're not always going to be right. You're not always going to do the right thing. And sometimes you may get blamed for something you didn't do, but that does not mean to give up and not continue trying doing what you feel is right. Or what you know to be right. Take her, leave her. Okay, twenty-five percent. That's still not so bad. No one said that they completely that she's completely overrated, and no one thought she was just okay. So that's where we stand on that. I also wanted to take a moment to uh, this past weekend on the fifth was Walt's would have been his one hundred and nineteenth, the one hundred nineteenth anniversary of the birth of Walt Disney, though man who had a vision that started what has become an institution of the world. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just takes that special moment and, um, to, to remember him and, it, you know, everything that's, that we celebrate, you know, we're here, I'm here doing this podcast. You're here listening to this podcast because of our love for Disney. Or the other podcasts or stuff that you listen to. Or the books or going to the parks. All just because this this one person. And just goes to show you the power of one sometimes. And you know he, he did not have an easy time. And But his legacy lives on. So we miss you Walt and thank you. So we'll be back after these brief messages from our friends and sponsors. Hey Matthew, Jim Hill here. I do the Marvelous Disney Podcast with Aaron Adams over at the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. I know, I know, very humble sounding name. Uh, anyway, I really enjoy what you've been doing over on the Disney Marvels podcast. Uh, but as you probably already noticed, the Marvel Us Disney and the Disney Marvels podcast names are very, very similar. Which is why I imagine I keep getting mail for you. Um, that's actually why I'm calling today. I wanted to know what you'd like me to do with all of these Yankee Candle catalogs. Uh, so, uh, please get back to me. Uh, oh, and, uh, keep up the great work with the Disney Marvels podcast. 
Thank you for those kind words, Jim. And make sure to check out Jim Hill on the Marvel Us Disney podcast with Aaron Adams to find out all sorts of wonderful things about Disney, well, Marvel uh, particularly, what's going on with them. And Jim, uh, those catalogs, I'll make sure to give you the forwarding address. And uh, unless if you want to order something, go right ahead. And once again, make sure to check out Marvel Us Disney with Jim Hill and Aaron Adams wherever you find or listen to your podcasts. And now, on with the show. announced not too long ago in November that Disney Imagineer and one would dare say soon to be legend or eventually legend Joe Rohde would be retiring from his position at Disney's Imagineering so I wanted to make sure to dedicate an episode to Joe because what he means to so many people either people who know of him and some of, or if not majority of his work, and the others who have seen his work, who knows their, his work, but doesn't quite know Joe did this, or Joe Rohde had a hand in that, or Joe, really Joe Rohde at all. Now, I can't go into a complete biography of Joe Rohde, but I'll give you some of the highlights of some of the stuff he's worked on and a little bit about the man with the earring. So, his official title at Disney Imagineering is Executive Designer and Vice President Creative. This is something that he's worked his way up from. He was born September 10, 1955 in uh, Sacramento, California. Raised in in Hawaii. That's going to be important. He graduated Charmaine College uh, Preparatory in Chinogo Park, California in 1973. He went on to receive his bachelor's degree in fine arts from Occidental uh, College in Los Angeles. College is where he started his love and really worked in in the fine arts and theater and, and different things like that. 1980 is when he joined Imagineering. He was part of the crew that was working on Epcot and developing the park and what in the different pavilions and what was going to become Disney's second park in Florida. Where he worked in there, he worked as a model designer and scene painter in the Mexican pavilion. And you could they look around. And you kind of get the influence of something of kind of what his signature work is going to start becoming at that point. From there, you help with the refurbishment of the Fantasyland and California's Disneyland. At that point, well, you had California and you, and you had Tokyo. But he helped redesign and refurbish Fantasyland there. And then went on to work on the Captain EO film. 
Next was the Norway Pavilion in, back at Epcot. You know, construct that and bring that to life. From there, you would bring one of the fan favorites, ever popular, in Long Mist, Adventures Club at Pleasure Island in Disney World. Helped design the script, and he personally had a lot of hands-on creation, a lot of hands-on uh, work on that club, that nightclub. It was really a nightclub, but it, the theming of it all and the story behind it was so much more than any of the other clubs there, which is why a lot of times there was always lines for it, or there a lot of times there was lines for it, and it had a heavy rotation of regulars, of people who would constantly come there and sit and watch the show and just everything that happened around there. In fact, a lot of the artifacts found in the Adventurers Club was from Joe's own cre uh, collection that he had collected from his world travels through the years. So there was a lot of Joe, or Joe Rody in the Adventurers Club in Disney World in, on Pleasure Island. So that was that. I mean, that was really his baby, and that's really where he he made a big mark. From there, he had one of his biggest jobs ahead of him. That was creation of what he's really best known for, is Disney's Animal Kingdom in Florida, the fourth park. It was his idea. It was his task to come up with a theme park around animals. And it was no small task on how to figure out how to, one, convince the board that this can work, how to go about it, and what needed to be done and, and doing it in a way that would make guests interested. There's the legendary story that the board was not thinking that live animals would be anything interesting. People would not want to go see them. It would be a waste of money. And he brought a tiger into the board meeting and kind of just walked it into the room. Everyone around the table stopped and stared at it and pointed out that, see, all I had to do is bring the tiger in. And everyone was interested. Everyone, the focus was on the animal, not everything, anything else going on in the room. But he, he brought in a lot of people who worked in zoos and with animals, and he, he handpicked a team, and they basically built this park from a trailer that was set aside in, in Anaheim for them to, to kind of figure things out. It, it, was, it was not this big, grand thing that a lot of people usually expect when building a Disney park. This is, this is a lot smaller task. But he, he, I, you know, I, you know my history. If you've listened to the show long enough, in connection with that park, and I still agree that it is one of the most fascinating parks out of all of them. It is. It takes you to another world, like the Magic Kingdom does. You walk into the Magic Kingdom, you are separated from everything else. The studios, to an extent, Epcot, not as much. I mean, you, you are, you forget about your surroundings. But you don't feel like you are literally somewhere else. That you've, you've traveled 
to a fictional area. You feel that way when you're walking down Main Street. You walk into Epcot, there's a giant ball in front of you. It, it, it's cool, and it, it you know, gets you excited. It's not the same. Even, like I said, the studios. You walk in, you think you're in old-time Hollywood. Kind of, you know, it, it gets you to an extent, but you, you really know that you're in Disney. Here, you walk in, and immediately you are in a lush oasis that just separates you from everything. You go through your adventure. And I mean, he was very heavy on hands-on. This was his baby. He was making sure that it was done right in the way that he he wanted it, how he visioned it. And obviously it changed over the years and certain or as it was being created and certain things were being put in and taken out and moved and transformed. And that that is normal. That is just how these things go. But to take a large section of the Florida property and to turn it into Disney's largest theme park was no simple and small task. And he was, yeah, it is still quite something. It is a park that over time has grown and grown in appreciation. And I think people appreciate it more now than they did back in 1980, uh, 1998. From there, he worked on the, the Asian expansion of that park and the building, building of the signature Expedition Everest. What is probably the park's more favorite attractions, not even just the park, but probably one of Disney's coolest roller coasters because of just its uniqueness and how it operates. And it's an indoor-outdoor roller coaster. It go in multiple directions. The theming and the stories were great. Uh, the animatronic, when it worked, was amazing. And again, a lot of Joe goes into that with a lot of some of his own personal stuff that he collected while traveling or stuff that he brought back is in the queue line to give you, again, that sense of you have traveled somewhere else. You are at the in Nepal at the foot of Everest and you're about to go on this, ex, you know, this journey. Um he, he really wants to combine the organic and the, uh, the details and just really transport you to another place. That is something that is his specialty, uh, especially the exotic places. He's not taking you to New York. He's not taking you to Los Angeles, He's you know, London. He's not taking you to a major city. He's not taking you to a very populous place with just very modern areas. He's taking you on an old-time adventure into locations of the unknown. Some of those old adventure movies or adventure films that Walt Disney used to make, True Life Adventures, these are the areas that he, he thrived in and really piqued his interest. And you can see it throughout his work. From Expedition Everest, he worked on something a little smaller. Uh, the DVC property in Alani, the uh, Alani DVC resort in Oahu, Hawaii. And he, this is, again, something that was personal to him because they were brought him in because of his background with Hawaii. This is a place that really he could meld with. 
and he's got the personal connection again growing up in Hawaii and the natural and the beauty and the historic of Hawaiian history and heritage. Not that he was Hawaiian, but the heritage of Hawaii that he really wanted to put into Hawaii and make it something special. And again, some things take time and it's now, you know, these things come to fruition and, and things happen. After that, back to the animal kingdom, and this is when they worked with James, um, James Cameron and created Pandora, the world of Avatar, creating that section, taking Camp Mini Mickey, which was always a temporary part of the park. It was supposed to be the, the land of beasts uh, that never were. And that never came to fruition because budgets and other things and timing and whatnot. So it's only naturally fitting that the Avatar section of the park, Pandora, goes there because it is supposed to be the creatures that never were. And it's kind of fitting. They kind of how it goes. Now you don't get the roller coaster, the, the dragon roller coaster that you were supposed to have, which from what I've heard is was been something that mind blowing, at least in concepts. But I think most people who have been on or know of uh, Flight of Passage would say that is quite mind-blowing and unbelievable as it is. And just to walk around the area is, during the day, it is beautiful. At the at night, it's breathtaking. It is is something to behold and see. You don't have to do the attractions. The attractions are great. That's why you go there lots of the time. Or the food. But just to walk around that section of the park and to take in the environment, the sounds, the sights, the, you know, the, the floating mountains, and just how the water and the, the plant life and just how everything moves. And just, the, again, to use the term organic feeling to everything, even though 95 something percent of it is man-made it's just unbelievable so that's that's again that's joe that's that's joe's trademark and how he worked on everything from that he had another reimagining project that he worked on that this time out of the the norm but does take you on an adventure he was part of the team that helped the retheming of the tower terror in disney's california adventure to make it to the Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout. And that, again, something that the people of the fans of the area that love the Tower of Terror are very upset about. And him and his team said, wait till they ride it. Just wait. Give them a moment. Then they saw the outside of the building and said, what is this? They got inside. They went on the ride. And they kept going back. And they keep going back. Because it is just something special. Something different. You know, going on the ride, there is multiple versions of it on a normal day. And then there's the the holiday revamp versions of it. A lot of people just take to it and love it. I've never personally been on it. Yes, I apologize. I've seen uh, some of the, the ride videos because something I know I'm not going to get to anytime soon. It's not even open right now. But it is... Just a lot of imagination and a lot of creativity that went into creating this ride. You, you already have the ride vehicle, so you have to work around that. 
and the, the story that they came up with and you know, taking the Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxies characters, the first Marvel characters that they put into an attraction in one of their parks, and this was it. You know, if you were going to do that, you had to... This is the first time you're making that statement. Marvel's now in the parks where we can put them. We have to do it right. And from what I hear, they did it right. Joe will officially retire. He announced his retirement, but he will officially retire January 4th, 2021. So he's still with us for you know, working in the company for a little bit. But he's going to go from there. I'm sure he'll do consulting work or something on the side. I don't know. That's speculation. But I don't think he's going to be completely done. But the life of an Imagineer is a very dedicated and very upheaval one. It's not just you know, sitting around a desk, working 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, drinking coffee and coming up with ideas, drawing on some paperwork and handing it in. There's a lot more to it, it's, and it is tedious work, You're considering not only do they travel around the world, they spend months or sometimes years traveling around the world to create one attraction. They did a documentary series uh, for Discovery Channel on how the making of Expedition Everest, and it, it took them quite some time to do that. It, again, was not a simple and quick quick attraction that they did. Avatar of the World Pandora, I think, took them six years or something like that until it was done. These things take a long, long time, long hours away from their family, just working, coming up with concepts, late nights, meetings, working with budgets. It is it is a strenuous job. And why at 55, he says, you know what? I am I am good. I'm good. I'm happy with where, what I've created. And we're happy with what he created. So that, in a nutshell, is Joe Rody. Now, I'm going to take this next part and go into my thoughts, because we had another new episode of The Mandalorian. So I will take a few moments and give you this one a little more spoiler-free rundown of my thoughts of the latest episode which was titled chapter 14 the tragedy and this one picks right up where we left off after last week's episode and wow this is getting crazy uh you got a lot going on in this episode uh again now things are really starting to pick up and moving First part of the season, not slower pace. Now we're getting into the, the back end of the season, and things are cultivating. We're, we've met back up with Moff Gideon, and we're getting more and more ideas of what his plans are. The, yeah, and uh, it, it, it's just just insane uh, what's what's happening. Uh, Mando goes to, to the planet where he's told that he needs to go. He's doing what he needs to do, and he's attacked. And it's it's a familiar face from the past. That well, the face maybe not so familiar, but 
the man behind the mask that we all do know, but not ever seen before. So, you know, you got that. You got you got two familiar faces. You got two. Ming Na Wen's back in this episode, which again is fantastic. Love watching her in season one. Glad she's back for season two with a few upgrades. And it's kind of an interesting turn of how that kind of goes about um, and what they're doing there. Because um, he, you know, Mando expects them for the child. They're not there for the child. They have a completely different item that they want. And, yeah, and then um, uh, the poor Razor Crest. That, that, to me, that breaks my heart. The Razor Crest part breaks my heart. So I don't know how they're going to resolve that part right now. Okay, you, you have a backup ship that you're working with. Great. That works. You get to see some more characters of stuff that, again, has been referenced in other mediums, never appeared in the movie. The Dark Troopers. Those are really cool. Nice to see them at work. And, again, you're starting to get a little more sense of plan and just the sense of urgency now of what needs to happen. And we have two episodes to wrap it up. Again, riveted to my seat. Unbelievable. Uh, sad to hear that there's only two episodes left. But at the same time, can't wait to see what's going to happen. So that's my take on it. What's yours? What's one of your – do two things here. What's one of your favorite things that Joe Rohde's worked on? And what did you think of – the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Let us know and shout out on the social medias. Join us on Facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast. Our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Disney Marvel's podcast. Our Instagram account, which is at Disney Marvel's podcast. On Twitter, where we're Disney Marvel's. And you could also email the show with any answers or suggestions or ideas or questions to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. And you can even email us a voice message, which you can record on your smartphone through the memo or voice recorder app. Email it to us at DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Or you also can go to the Anchor app or website to leave your voice message there. Links are in the show notes. I want to thank you for your time. I know, especially with the holidays coming up, uh, Hanukkah's right around the corner. We just had Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming up. New Year's is coming closer and closer. Things are just getting crazier and crazier and crazier, and time is just running away from us all. And the fact that you spent some of that time with me, with us today, means so much to me. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I really do mean that. And I, I really, it doesn't go unnoticed. It so appreciates why I do this for everybody. If I can ask one thing in return, two things actually, sorry, two things. Tell people about the show. You see people while you're out shopping and they got Disney stuff on and let, let them know where you know people who are into Disney. Hey, check out the Disney Marvel podcast. A lot of great discussions, great guests, you know, great co-hosts, wonderful people that come on the show all the time. Check them out. You can do that and or please go onto iTunes and rate the show there. Uh, we've had, we have all five-star reviews at the moment. I, I am over the moon with it. I cannot believe that how blessed I am that everybody's giving us five-star reviews. At the moment. And it is, I, I never expected it. 
I never expected it. And I, I want to keep going. I, I it's uh, it, it really is, helps my motivation. And also helps people find out about the show. And leave a comment. Uh, leave a little critique, you know, comment at the, the bottom about what you like about the show. And it really does help spread the word and get people to find out about the show. The more reviews that we get, the more iTunes will get people to find uh, find out the show. And this way you don't have to talk to people if you don't want to social distance that way. It's social distance referring. Wonderful thing for nowadays. So, and gets more people into our family. Just like Walt believed in a big Disney family, so do I. Don't forget while you're at it, subscribe to the show. This way you always want to know when the new episodes are posted and come out. But also consider becoming a premium subscriber to help the show out. Keep equipment, books and movies to review. Doesn't come free. You can do this over at the Anchor um, Anchor website, anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support. Or you can find our Patreon page. Links to everything is in the show notes. Because remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. I know it's the holidays, and seems like everybody's happy. Unfortunately, that's not the truth. Not, not everyone is always happy in the holidays. If that's you, it's okay. Don't don't feel bad that you may be hurting right now, and no one seems to understand that. Don't give up on yourself. You be you. And you find what makes you happy. You find the light inside of you. And you embrace it. And it will take you on a journey that you maybe you never expected in directions that you never expected. But don't give up. Believe in yourself. I believe in you. And you can get through this. Never give up. Never give in. Be your own hero. I'd like to end this show with a quote from Walt Disney himself. To make the dreams of Disneyland come true took the combined skills and talents of hundreds of our artisans, carpenters, engineers, scientists, and craftsmen. The dreams that they built now become your heritage. It is you who will make Disneyland truly a magic kingdom and a happy place for the millions of guests who will visit us now and in the future. And that's Walt Disney. Thank you again for listening, everyone. And I'll see you next time.